0: Alrighty guys, so welcome back to another live. Today is not necessarily a workout Wednesday or I guess technically women's health Wednesday even though we will talk a little bit about me like losing my period and being body image focused. Today is going to be a little bit about my eating disorder and kind of where it all started for me. You all have heard me talk about my past of eating disorders, but I think so many people only see the surface and they don't see everything that's included with an eating disorder and how it even manifests over time. So I do want to start today's podcast and live by saying, if you've ever struggled with an eating disorder, know that you aren't alone. Um, If you want to contribute to to today's conversation, feel free to do so. I would love that. Um, I do want to put out a trigger warning out there for you guys who are hopping on live today and might currently be struggling in your eating disorder. Um, I highly recommend that you seek further help, Um, and I will also leave resources down below in my podcast episode uh, for you all, and Hope is attacking her toys, so hopefully she calms down here shortly. Um, Okay, so my eating disorder. Know that no eating disorder or eating disorder story is going to be the same. What you struggled with can be different from me, um, and vice versa. And it doesn't mean that your struggle is any more than mine, doesn't mean it's any less, but just know that we all struggle with something on a different level. And maybe you don't struggle with an eating disorder, but you struggle with some sort of addiction. They are, are, um, they're both very common. So let's get into it. So my eating disorder began at the young age of 14, Um, but I remember being body conscious as young as the age of six and eight. Um, when I was six years old, I remember already asking like my friends what they weigh, and I would compare my weight with theirs, which is so young, and it really breaks my heart. And I'm going to let you guys know too, like I might start crying <laughs> in today's live, so it's going to get uh, very personal and real. So when I was six years old, I started being conscious of my body, I would compare my weight to other girls. And I remember being eight years old and talking about like different sizes that we would wear. And I don't really know where this came from, like where I felt really body conscious, because as a child, I was pretty petite. I mean, um, I was never like an overweight child whatsoever. But I was very hyper conscious of my body. And this is when I feel like part of my disorder is a genetic component because I have several family members that have struggled with eating disorders. So there is a genetic component to eating disorders. I will say people who are type A perfectionists tend to struggle more with eating disorders than those who aren't. Um, but I, um, I noticed my signs at a very young age. I mean, nobody really noticed it because I wasn't you know, openly talking about my size in front of my parents, but I would with girlfriends all the time. So going into high school, you know, it's a transitional phase in your life, and when I was 14, it was the first time I ever tried to diet. Um, I remember seeing my mom starting a diet that was very restrictive. It made her only eat 800 calories a day, and although she was being monitored by a physician, it made me feel like I needed to diet too, Um, which... What she was doing was very extreme. And it's funny because it was so extreme. And of course, with that sort of weight loss, you're not going to be able to maintain it. Um, But in short, it was very restrictive, food limiting, very low carb. And I started to pick up on it. And it started off gradual, where I would switch from eating maybe like a big sub for dinner and like a huge bowl of pasta to. Salad and some chicken and, of course, like a fattier dressing because I didn't know anything. Um, it would go from wanting to eat a, like, Rice Krispie treat to, like, maybe a protein bar. But then over time, I started following what is called, and these are really fucked up, but it's called a Pro Anna website. And that is because I was Googling how to lose weight Um, how to get like smaller and skinnier. And of course, like skinnier was the hot term back in the day. Now it's like lean and shredded, right? Um, I love how the fitness industry is always constantly changing the sexy terms. I remember Googling like how to lose weight and how to get skinny. And then a pro Anna website popped up and pro Anna is basically pro anorexia. Um, And I would just stare at these images of these stick-thin, beautiful women, and they would have all these crazy diets posted on there. I'm not going to go too into detail of them, but they were incredibly low-calorie, incredibly restrictive, and at such a young, vulnerable age, I would play around with different diets. And um, this is when I became a vegetarian, too, is, you know, I... I started, you know, really reading into these different diets and I was creating my own food rules. And that's a big red flag too, for if, if you think you're struggling with an eating disorder, one sign of disordered eating, which is not the same, but one sign of disordered eating is creating food rules. So at the age of 14, I was creating food rules. One of my food rules was I wasn't allowed to finish anything in whole. So I would eat granola bars, but I would only eat a quarter of the granola bar or half the granola bar. I wasn't allowed to eat lunch. This was another rule that I made. So during lunch, I would skip it. I wasn't allowed to eat meat because I became a vegetarian. I wasn't allowed to eat bread. I wasn't allowed to eat all of these like foods. Um, Drunk food was off limits. Um obviously, and you sort of juice was off limits. I basically created a horrible relationship with food because I had created rules, which I want you all to reflect on the rules that you've created around your own eating and behaviors right now. Because I'm sure a lot of you have them where you're fearful of sugar or fearful of salt or fearful of carbs. Um, And I see a lot of like triggering things here on Instagram and triggering things here on Facebook where people are um, throwing these really horrible diets out there. And I would hate to be 14. Now I would hate to be 14 years old now and look on Instagram at the most beautiful women and all of their diets and stage lean bodies. I would be even more fucked up. I think not to say I'm fucked up, but that would have fucked up my mind even more. And I started these food rules, which then created a whole actual fear around food. Another red flag of disordered eating is having a legitimate fear around food. I had what's called safe foods, and I had what was called fear foods. Fear foods I would avoid, and safe foods I would allow myself to eat. Um, But over time, in a month, really, I lost 10 pounds. Um, I started to become... Hope, honey, we don't we don't want to play with toys right now. Come here. Of course, she's gonna be loud. Um, I started uh, noticing a decrease in my school performance. I started to get really depressed. I started to have mood swings. I didn't understand why. Um, I started to just not be Nicole, and I uh, I didn't like who I was becoming. Um, I didn't feel healthy and I did have a boyfriend at the time. And during that time, his mom and him were aware of it. And some of my friends, and I had some of my friends addressing my mom. And, um, this was over, I would say two years where there came a point where she wouldn't let me go to gymnastics practice because she was mad at me and didn't understand why I was doing this. And, My parents would threaten to take me to treatment because they noticed that I was skipping meals or trying to avoid dinner time. Or I used to do this thing, which was called chewing and spitting, which would be where I would chew my food and spit it back up. Kind of like bulimia. Not really. Gross. Um, And I did that for a while. It was just so fucked up. And... It was all because I was so fearful of gaining weight. And the thing is, is I don't know why. I think part of it was I was scared if I gained weight that I would be loved less. And that's a lie. Or I would, I don't know, just change. And I guess I was scared of changing. So now going into later high school, beginning of college, I did get a little better, um, actually a lot better where I was focusing more on athletic performance and focusing on eating more and just focusing on getting my grades up. Um, as an athlete, I was excelling because I was eating more. Um, I was excelling in school and I like graduated with like a 4.2. Um, I was just doing really good. But then again, another life transition happened in college where I, kind of had another relapse. So this was a relapse of more restriction and over-exercising. So this time around, I would still restrict my foods. I would say I was probably eating around 1,000 to 1,200 calories a day. Sometimes I would binge overnight, like not overnight, but like during night, nighttime, because I was restricting so much, which guys, if you find that you're stuck in the cycle of like overeating, binging, at night, odds are you're restricting too much during the week or just during the day. Um, and then yeah, it was just a cycle that wouldn't stop. And then I remember doing an hour to two hours of cardio a day and I would do some weight training, but I was exercising all the time. I had my workouts. I had my structure. I would miss social events just so I could work out. I would have anxiety attacks. If I found out that I couldn't work out for the day, I would, um, do anything to work out. There's times where I'd wake up at like 3 a.m. just to get in a workout before a busy day. It was obsessive and it was not healthy. Um and then I got interested in competing, which competing oddly really improved my eating disorder. Um because it made me want to be stronger and put on muscle. But because of the restriction in PrEP, I will. So well, let me reverse a little. So 2015, fine. I prepped myself, didn't really know what I was doing. And it was fun. Um, it's probably the first time I was ever eating a balanced amount. And I started tracking macros in end of 2014, beginning of 2015. Really, a, a good amount better for my relationship with food. Um, towards the end of 20. So 2015 went through the year. 2016, I decided I wanted to compete again. Um, and I worked with a coach who didn't have my health in the best interest and he had a really restrictive meal plan for me to follow, um, which I knew was wrong. So I knew that flexible dieting was something that I preferred whenever I was prepping for competition. But when I prepped for another show and I worked with another coach We did macros. And this was the first time that I ever truly got stage lean. And guys, I'm gonna I'm about to get very raw raw and real with you. I remember feeling really out of control one time when I was two weeks out from a competition. And again, this was the first time that I've ever gotten stage lean. And when you get super lean, your hormones are super messed up and you have no satiety and you're hungry all the time. And I remember, um, opening a box of cereal and I ate the whole box of cereal. And then I opened a gallon of ice cream. I ate a half gallon of ice cream. I remember eating multiple protein bars. I remember eating multiple tablespoons of different nut butters. And it was almost like I blacked out and before I knew it, I mean, I had a full blown binge. And I felt so horrible and that I lost all of my progress. And I decided to go into a bathroom and purge and force myself to throw up. And normally I would purge through exercise. Like normally I would just run for miles or do the elliptical for an hour or two. But I purged. And purging is addictive and purging does release dopamine, um, because you are taking a high stress, um, activity. So like binging and then what purging does is it releases that tension and anxiety because if you're fearful of weight gain, you know, in essence, you've lost some of the calories that you just consumed. Um, but what people don't talk about with purging is it's incredibly painful. Um, it makes your face really puffy. It makes your eyes very watery. It can cut up your hands. Um, it hurts your throat. (laughs) It's just horrible. Um, and I wouldn't wish it on anyone. And I remember telling my friend um, about it, and I felt really shameful about it. And she told me that she wouldn't tell anyone, but then she was telling me, like, she struggled with that too. And what was interesting is, like, during my eating disorder in, like, college, um, one of my girlfriends talked about this, Danny, and she was like, I used to be so fascinated with Um, eating disorders and learning more about them. And I was too, like I've watched like every single eating disorder movie out there. I've done projects on eating disorders. I've done so much on them because when you are going through something and it's taboo and people don't talk about it, the only thing you can do is learn more. And nobody likes to talk about this shit. Nobody likes to talk about how they starve themselves and over-exercise and feel like they look fat. Nobody likes to talk about that they make themselves throw up after they eat food. Nobody likes to talk about that shit, but people do it and people do it a lot and they don't talk about it. Um, and so 2016 was the first time I ever purged and during... um. During that time, I never really did it again, even in the off-season. Again, that was, like, my first ever binge, and, like, of well, a binge, you feel like you blacked out. So, the rest of that year was fine. Um, of course, you gain weight post-show, and that was kind of, like, a mindfuck. Um, and then 2017, I decided to do another grouping of shows, and I don't believe I struggled at all with um, binging and purging then, but... Um, I don't know. Wait. Yes, I did towards the end of my prep. And that's the sign that I needed to be done again. I felt a little bit too restrictive. And again, if I, a relapse is something different where if you're struggling with it on a consistent basis, every single day, I would say that that is a full blown relapse. But if you are only struggling with it for like a day or even thoughts on occasion, That's not like a full-blown relapse. So if you're going through a recovery phase, like know that it's never going to be perfect all the time. It's going to be like a squiggly line. You're going to have things that set you back. And during um, that relapse, I was going through relationship issues too. So um, everyone has their own triggers with their eating disorder too. And for me, I've really had to like hone in on like what mine are. And one of them is like, financial stress. That seems to be a trigger for me. Two is feeling lonely. Three is feeling like a failure. Okay. Um, when I get anxious, it doesn't really happen to me when I have high anxiety, I actually don't get hungry at all. Um, and then number four, I guess would be the depletion of hormones in prep. So when I'm dealing with lack of satiety and super high ghrelin It's hard not to want to eat and then if I eat in that state I feel guilty and again connected to feeling like a failure. So if that makes sense there um 2018 prep I that was the first time I ever worked with paul And I was good. I didn't really relapse. So over the years it kind of stopped but what happened in 2017 was towards the end of 2017 my My anorexia and overexercising, I mean, it turned more into full-blown bulimia where I would um, self-induce vomiting like two to three times a day. Um, This happened in a short time period of my life too. This didn't last for like years where I was doing this on a consistent basis, but uh, I would say for like two months that I did this. And that's because I had a combination of all three of my triggers. I felt lonely, I felt like a failure, I didn't feel safe in the environment that I lived in, Um, yeah, it was a trigger storm, and I think that's what led to one of my worst relapses, and that was in 2017, and that is when I really seeked help from therapist, and um, she basically told me that I could die. So that scared the shit out of me because the other thing that happens too when you purge is you can have heart palpitations. And there's a couple times where I would purge and I could feel my heart working so hard. And um, it scared the shit out of me. Sorry, guys, for the podcast. I am getting teary-eyed right now. But I remember getting these horrible heart palpitations and then thinking one day, I could die from a heart attack because of this. And I actually lost two family members to their purging and in that time period, which was interesting, is when I was relapsing really bad, um, I found out that I, um, my aunt actually passed away because of her eating disorder. And so that's when I just decided that I needed to get better because I didn't want to die from this. I didn't want to die. And so that is when I decided that I needed to stop being so negative of myself and that I needed to show myself compassion and love. And that I needed to find my worth and my value. And I knew I knew that things would could get better, but I had to choose for them to get better. And 2018, 2019 were good. Um I would say that I'm fully recovered now for sure, but I definitely have my days where like I think of it on a rare occasion. I more or less think of it now. And like, I don't know how I can do that. And it's happened a handful of times, but like, um, very rare, very rare compared to what I used to do. And again, too, of like recovery, if you have an episode one or two times, it doesn't mean that you fully relapse. It, that does not mean you fully relapse, but with, Bulimia, you can die and same with anorexia, but bulimia, although you don't always look sick because most bulimics have like a normal body weight and, um, even can be overweight. So eating disorders again are a mental illness and not a physical illness. Um, sometimes they don't think they need help, but they're usually very, very sick. Um, And honestly, I think what helped me get better was just seeing the value in myself other than um, my body. And I just decided I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so I decided to get better. And did I ever do inpatient? No, I never did inpatient treatment because I couldn't afford it. And I couldn't quit my job. And I think a lot of people... Think that therapy is so cheap and it's not and there has to be a more affordable way to get therapy and I'm such an advocate for this because the fact that I mean if you have to go get therapy it doesn't make you a weak person because you literally have to quit your job and invest thousands of dollars into it thousands of dollars and why in the hell is a mental illness not treated the same as a broken arm or a broken leg. Because just because you can't see it on the outside, it does not mean that it's not on the inside. And it just really frustrates me, the fact that people are like, just get better, just get better, go get help, go get help. And yes, I say go get therapy and go get help to you guys, but like I understand that it's a lot of money and that's also when I really started diving in deep with um, like podcasts and educating myself more and like um, on the illness and all of like the negative things that come with it. And um, the other thing that helped me get better is I just thought about like the highest version of myself and that doesn't include bulimia. It doesn't include anorexia and it doesn't include overexercising and I want to be a mom one day and I don't want to be a mom until I'm like in my thirties. But I think of what it will be like to have a daughter one day. Um, I think it'd be really cool, but I also don't want her to ever see me sick. And I also don't want her to ever have what I have. I don't want her to ever have an eating disorder. I don't want anybody to go through it. Because it is a demon that is not fun. Because unlike any addiction like alcohol or cigarettes or drugs, you have to eat food every day. So you have to face your addiction or your enemy every day. And that's what makes eating disorders so hard and complicated. Because so many people put value in food other than just nourishment. And that's what makes it so hard, in my opinion. Um, I'm seeing some questions roll into. Sorry, I'm getting deep here. Um, Thank you for saying that. I'm strong for talking about this. Makes me uncomfortable. I've never cried on live before. I think this is the first time you're doing so well. You're not a failure. You grew an amazing business. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, but again, you know, I couldn't have grown that business if I was still suffering in my eating disorder. And that's what eating disorders do. They ruin your life. They don't allow for you to be successful. So um, hopefully that kind of covers some of the things. I'm going to jump into the questions here um, that you all asked. Okay, so moving on to the questions. Um, How has your current relationship helped you in your eating disorder? Um, So I'm going to talk about like... Intimate relationships and then um like friendships. So I have a couple of close friends, and a lot of my friends have actually also gone through eating disorders, which is nice because I feel like they understand and they understand what I've gone through and they understand my mindset. So in that regard, it's nice to be able to talk about my struggles and not feel like I'm judged or feel like the person doesn't understand. But in my current relationship, I would say what's great about him and my like intimate one um, with my boyfriend, it's nice because I feel like he just wants to listen and educate himself and learn more, um, and he is not ever like judging me or making me feel stupid or bad. The last thing you can do in an eating disorder is make the person feel bad or stupid for what they're struggling with. There's no reason why you should ever do that to someone, um, and that's something that he's never done to me. Um, we have a question here, and they ask, How did you how did you get out of binge eating? Um, I started eating more calories in general and a more balanced macro profile, And I found that my binge eating was connected more to just my restriction. And I find too, with like my clients, whenever they are consuming more food, they have no more binges. Um, binge eating tends to come out of restriction and come out of emotional eating. And you have to connect those emotions that are leading you to eat. And if one of those emotions is, let's say, being tired, you're going to have to address that and really get in tune with your body. So I'd recommend that. And then I'd recommend a couple podcasts. One is called um, Brain Over Binge. And then there's a book out there called The Fuck It Diet, which is good as well. Okay, Struggles in relationships in regards to your eating disorder. Um, I guess for, like, again, significant others, um, the biggest struggle I have is I have this weird thing where in my eating disorder, I used to be so fearful of people's judgment, judgments on my food choices and even eating in front of people. So sometimes if I feel like I'm eating too much, <laughs> even if it's, like, a lot of food volume – um, maybe like a lot of vegetables. I feel like the person might be judging me, and I don't know why that bothers me, but I guess that's my biggest struggle. And just feeling like they, don't, again, they just don't really understand. Like you can say, like, you're having a bad day, but like they don't really know um, what that feels like, if that makes sense. Um, when did you know it was bad and that you needed to change something? When my whole day was consumed with thoughts around food and my body and my disorder. So the difference between disordered eating, I'd say, and an eating disorder is with an eating disorder, it is anxiety provoking, fear provoking, and it will consume majority of your thoughts for the day. And it can implement Uh, I'm sorry, impede you from living, (laughs) living your best life. No, from living your life fully. So uh, you know, doing little things like going out and hanging out with friends or performing at your job. Um, For me, it was taking away from that. And it was just taking up so much mental space. So that's how I knew something was wrong. And also like in high school, like my friends were reaching out to my mom and letting her know. And I had some people just like making comments on like how small I was. So just things like that. Um, recovery. How did I recover? I really recovered. I think primarily on my own. Um, I have gotten like some help and some counseling, but in regards, it was mostly to my own. Like I just educated myself on the body, educated myself more on eating disorders and, um, yeah, I mean, that was the main thing. And I just like really found my worth and my value in myself um, and really understood that I was more than just my body and that what I wanted to do in this life isn't really associated with having an eating disorder. And I needed to step away from that identity of being the girl with an eating disorder and being Nicole Ferrier. And not having an eating disorder. And I had to let go of that and let go of that identity. Um, Again, I'm 24, you know, it's been 10 years now. So I had to let go of that and let go of that part of me and grow. So, um, (laughs) excuse me. Okay. Dealing with weight gain. This is um, a tricky one because a lot of times, you know, eating disorders, they are related to, you know, A fear of gaining weight, and you have I had to gain weight. Um, and I knew I did because I would lose my period on and off. But for me, what I've learned is you have to disassociate value away from the scale. And with an eating disorder, if you're going through recovery, I want you to take a sledgehammer and I want you to destroy your scale. You don't need it. So You don't need a number to validate your worth. You don't need a number to validate your progress. You don't need numbers because it's just going to manifest into something more. So this is when I'd recommend you just taking a break away from the scale. And then just focusing more on health and how you feel. Because the thing is, is your body doesn't want to be overweight. It doesn't. Your body doesn't want to be massively overweight. Your body also doesn't want to be massively underweight. Your body, our bodies want to function optimally and health healthily. Um, And we all have a body weight set point. So for me, honestly, I could eat a lot of food and my body would stay within this range that it's in now Um, in competition prep. When you guys see me stage lean, that is a weight that is uncomfortable for my body. That is why it takes so much effort and diligence and tracking to get to that level. Um, Do I think my stage lean body is cool? Absolutely. I think what I can accomplish for the stage is amazing, but I also know that it's not maintainable for me, and I still like how I look now um, in my off-season. So gaining weight is just part of the process. But all right, guys. um, I think that's everything I wanted to say for today's live and podcast. I hope you all enjoyed This, um, live is definitely more of a heart to heart and more vulnerable for me. But if you found this helpful, I would love it so much. If you would share it with someone, um, maybe someone that you think is possibly struggling or could benefit from this live or podcast, I would greatly appreciate that. And for those who are hopping on now, I will be posting this for the next 24 hours. And the link to my, uh, podcast is found in my Instagram bio, alongside with my coaching applications as well. So if you're wanting to work with me one-on-one, feel free to check out that link in my Instagram bio to apply. So I hope you all have a wonderful night and thank you so much for tuning in. Hey guys, on the Beyond the Bikini podcast, you know I talk a lot about training and nutrition. Trust me, it can be hard to hit the gym consistently, track your macros to a T and feel like you're making progress. So rather you're a newbie in the gym or someone who's been hitting the gym consistently, but possibly hit a plateau, then I recommend you check out my one-on-one coaching. No, I do not only coach prep clients, but I coach lifestyle clients as well. I would love to hear more about your goals. So feel free to apply for my one-on-one coaching down below at the link. There we can discuss what you're wanting to accomplish in the gym with your relationship with food and how I can help you reach your goals.